1: Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews.
2: Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, the problem with all of our talk about manifesting is that we don't ever consider asking what it is within us that manifests. Jesus once said, I can do nothing of my own initiative. And now I know that not everyone agrees that Jesus was the Son of God, nor do I think he was the only Son of God. Uh, but he certainly was a master teacher, and he told us he could do nothing of his own initiative. And yet with all the talk out there about how we manifest – we hear much more about all the things we should initiate, all the exercise we should do to elicit from our <clears throat> from ourselves the essential ingredients to the initiation of manifestation. But what if manifestation is actually conducted by the power of the divine within us, by some sheer essence of who we are that is not made up of our own initiative? So when it comes to manifesting our dreams, perhaps we need to be thinking about how it is that we can get out of the way, how we surrender. To allow the manifestation of the divine to flow through us. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So let's talk about manifestation. Well, first let's define the word. Manifestation means to uh, take what is inside of us and bring it to the outside world. So if we think in terms of manifestation that it is always occurring as some people tell us we are it is then we would say whatever is inside is outside in the same way we might say as above so below so whatever we create in within us is what we're creating outside of us and there is some evidence of that I'm not saying it's black and white just like that but there is some evidence that whatever is inside of us is what we produce outside of us Um, but the thing that is uh, inside of us most of the time is a belief that we 're separate from the divine and that we are different thereby from the divine, and we don 't have the powers that the divine has, and we don 't have the the love and the uh, peace and the joy and the um, accessible abilities to heal ourselves and others and the accessible abilities to to rise or raise ourselves from the dead, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. we don't have those abilities. That's what we generally think. Only a few people have those, and those are special people. Um, the Course in Miracles tells us there are no special people, and I truly believe that, that we're all special and we're not. none of us are special. But the, the idea is that if, in fact, it is true that we are all not separate from the divine, then what is it that we're manifesting if we believe we are? So... Um, When we start to think about manifestation in terms of what we understood about the law of attraction, when it first got taught from books like The Secret and lots of Esther and Jerry Hicks books, what we learned was that what we needed to do was correct our thoughts, correct our thinking, and then we would be able to manifest correctly. And so many of us started working with those thoughts and trying to tell ourselves to have new thoughts, and we started creating affirmations so that we could change our brain. And um, once upon a time, I even taught that that was so. Although I, I no longer agree with that, but I, I think that uh, when we're trying to work with our brains, we're working with only a small portion of our capacity to manifest. We also have a heart. We also have a body. We also have a soul. We also have um, various uh, aspects of cellular activity going on inside of us and all kinds of quantum physics are going on inside of us. So there's, there's much more to us than just our heads. So that's A. Uh, but B is that what our heads are thinking really is very often relative to, ha- to seeing ourselves as separate from the divine. So when it Comes to um, trying to change our thoughts, what we're doing is we're trying to repress all those thoughts that are thoughts of separation, and and build on thoughts or build into our heads thoughts that are not of separation. Okay, it sounds like a good plan on the surface. Problem is, it doesn't work because we end up repressing stuff um, that uh it, it is attached to more than just a thought because a thought a random thought here and there that doesn't isn't attached to uh emotions and motivation and initiative really is just kind of a random thought i mean i might wake up in the morning and wonder if i left the light off uh, on in the hallway but so big deal, you know. That's it's a random thought. It has no more merit than whether or not I'm going to have an extra few pennies on my power bill. Um, so, if uh, if we're, we're if we're thinking that all of our thoughts need to come from somewhere and and go somewhere. Then we're, we're going to be in trouble and we're, because we're going to constantly have to be staying on top of that. And that's a lot of work. I got to tell you, the people that I talk to who've really tried to work on changing their thoughts are so uptight and so tense most of the time because they're just so busy trying to make sure that they get their heads in order so that they can have what they want in life. And, uh, the bargain is if I think positive thoughts all the time, then I will have positive life experiences uh, to match particularly the affirmations that I'm, I'm using, like if I'm going to be a multimillionaire and then I'm affirming constantly that I'm going to be a multimillionaire and I'm trying to put that out there in the universe and I'm trying really, really, really hard to make my head believe that that's what's going to happen. But it's a bargain. It's it's magical thinking because so many of the people that I know and have worked with who have tried this, both students, uh, uh, clients, uh, readers, s- listeners to the show, um, they are telling me that, no, I'm not getting those kind of results. I'm not manifesting what I said I wanted to manifest. And then we talk about the word intention, so we say, well, if I've got the right intention, then I will manifest what I want. And that word is a little bit difficult to pin down as well, because who is the intender within us? Is it the part of us that believes itself to be separate from the divine, or is it possibly the divine um, within us? And we don't know we just know we want that and by golly we're going to get it so we just tell ourselves I'm going to get that and we tell ourselves that means we have an intention and so we we work really hard to to manifest that intention um, so I remember a long 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 time ago when I worked in the drug and alcohol field um, there was a counselor who worked uh, under my supervision who was talking to someone and uh, they we're saying, well, I'll try to do that. I'll try to do that. And the counselor tossed his pen on the floor and just looked at the client. And the the uh, client thought, looked at him like, what are you? You nuts or something? Why did you just throw your pen on the floor? He said, will you pick that up, please. And the guy leaned over and picked it up, and handed it back to the counselor, and he said, well, did you try to pick that pen up or did you pick that pen up? He said, I picked that pen up. Well, he said, well, what's the difference between trying to pick it up and picking it up? And ergo, a discussion started about intention. And intention uh, had to do with literally doing it, not trying to do it, but doing it. But what we've spent a lot of our time and energy with regard to manifestation doing is trying to make it happen. And any time we're trying, here's another problem. We're striving. If I'm trying, I'm striving. And, the, and, and some of the best words in the Bible and many of the same meanings found in other sacred texts around the world have to do with cease. Striving, ceasing to strive, not continuing to strive, but ceasing to strive. So how are we supposed to correct our thoughts and make sure our intentions are in, in, in line? And and now, then, of course, later years after the Law of Attraction first began to become known through the books of through The Secret, mostly um, – Now we're supposed to also put our emotions in there too. We're supposed to like plug those thoughts into emotions. So now we're going to affirm what we're going to have and we're going to feel that we really have it. I'm going to make myself have a feeling that I'm going to have it. Now I'm working even harder to put myself in place. Um, there's a author, wonderful, um, spiritual teacher called Aja Shanti. Don't know whether you've ever heard of him or not. But one of the things I liked best about his some of his work is that he says that he'd been a, a monk for a long time and had tried meditation for a long, long time, worked meditation for a long, long time, um, and was very unhappy with it. And the reason he was unhappy, uh was because he was trying. He was striving. He was trying to get his head in the place of meditation. And it was miserable. And what he came to understand was that it was not trying that created meditation; it was ceasing to strive that made meditation and uh, that is when the divine was able to step into the picture and he was able to have a an experience with the divine and he would probably not call it the divine, but definitely an experience that he thought of as, of as a spiritual connection um, so In that sense that uh, striving gets in the way, manifestation is not about how hard we try. Although, I do think that we'll be doing stuff along the way. If we're going to manifest, we will be doing stuff. The problem is um, that it really won't be us in the sense that we are separate from the divine. It will be us in the sense that we are the divine. That's when it becomes true intention. And that's when manifestation really happens. So the the title of this show was Manifesting or Man Eye Festing. And I, I think that so much of what we're trying to do with manifestation is man eye festing. In other words, I'm feasting on my eye, my my sense of myself as a separate entity from the divine. Now a lot of people would call that ego, and if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know, that I don't use that term because it is uh, ego has has become this um, dumping ground for anything that we don't like about ourselves. Well, that's just ego. Uh, and also, it's it's the part of us that doesn't really understand itself. Well, that's just ego. Um, but I disagree with both of those two definitions. Um, I, I think that ego is a liaison between between the inner world and the outer world. And we need it. Uh, without that liaison, we raise the specter of all kinds of mental illnesses. Um, when the inner world can take over the outer world and can can say what the outer world actually is in terms of of, of hallucinations and delusions, then we've got a psychosis, uh, an ongoing psychosis. So. When the outer world can take over, what happens is we we tend to bend ourselves along the lines of the outer world's expectations. Either way, we haven't um, really got a balance there. But when when the um, inner world can balance itself with the external world, the inner world has the assertive power to, say, put up a boundary where it needs to be put up or to… To um, say no when no needs to be said and to say yes when yes needs to be said and to open the door and be vulnerable when that's, uh needs to be done. So that's that balance and the ego creates the structure of that balance. It's the fulcrum on the teeter-totter between the inner and the outer world and without it, we will fall on one or the other side. Uh So, I don't use the term ego when it comes to this. I do believe that we believe ourselves to be separate from the divine, and it is that sense of self that is um, so often attempting to manifest. And so, if Jesus said, I can do nothing of my own initiative, what could he have possibly meant by that? I mean... What he couldn't do anything. I mean, he healed the sick and raised the dead, according to the the what we read in the Bible. Um, he was able to um, talk to people about depth issues and and really, um, as you look at the root language, what he was saying was very similar to what the Buddha said and what is said in the Bhagavad Gita and uh, what is said in many of the other sacred texts and sutras. So we what he said had great power and um, so why is he saying he can't do anything it sounds like he's going well I just, I just can't do anything we might hear that same kind of statement from somebody who's got really low self esteem well, I just can't do anything right or I just can't do anything um, sounds like that's what he's saying but actually he follows it up with the father and that word father is not Abba uh, in that particular text it is uh, a word that means source. The source manifests. The source does it through me. The source uh, makes these things happen. So, uh, he, I can do nothing of my own initiative means this the part of me that believes itself to be separate from the divine as my, all of us do here on this planet because we're living in a duality trance state in which uh, separation from the divine is how we see ourselves, um, how we see our world and so we so jesus had that sense too that he like the rest of us humanoids down here was separate from the divine but he overcame that and there's a whole lot uh, that is said throughout some of the uh sacred texts about overcoming and what that basically means is it's not going to war with and winning and being victorious over although those terms have been used for it but it basically means is that I didn't let the duality translate run my life, my my the initiation of anything that was true in my life came through me, came as me um, from the divine self, the authentic self, the soul all those are synonymous terms. so uh, when we talk about manifestation, we have to begin to consider that it is The divine self, the soul, the authentic self that is the true manifester. So, how do we get the divine self to do that? How do we begin the process of, of, um, opening or closing, whichever the process is, to, to allow the divine self to manifest? And would we really want the divine self to manifest when we, you know, would we, would we want what the divine self wants? Next week, we're going to be talking to Jeff Foster about his book, The Deepest Acceptance, a Radical Awakening to Ordinary Life. And he talks a lot about ordinary life in that book and what that really means. And in our day, we tend to believe that we should have an f- extraordinary life, that we should have a famous life, we should have a wealthy life. And if we don't do that, somehow we're failing. And so we don't want to fail. And we don't want to think of ourselves as not being able to accomplish our mission here on earth, which we see very often as relative to these other ideas that we should be famous and that we should be wealthy. And uh, in that process, then, we we can uh, lose sight of the idea that life in the ordinary is very rich. As a matter of fact, any of what we consider to be extraordinary lives – are just ordinary lives and typically ordinary lives with a little more money than we've got. Um, so we we tend to think as the rich and famous, oh, those are extraordinary people. They're not extraordinary people. I've talked to many of them. They're just people like you and I. And uh, they ha- they don't have extraordinary lives. They have ordinary lives with paparazzi following them. <laughs> That's all. Um, and, but um, – we, we have that thought that we should be living extraordinary lives. And if we haven't done that, we fail. So when we talk about manifesting, what we're talking about is I've got to have that extraordinary life. And if I surrender to, to the divine, maybe the divine doesn't want me to have an extraordinary life. So maybe I shouldn't surrender to the divine. Maybe that's just the voice of fear in me. Maybe it's not really the divine. Maybe I need to overcome that fear in me and just keep on keeping on, trying, trying, trying to make my head get in the right place so I can have that thing that will make me know that I'm not a failure, that I've accomplished what I came here to accomplish. Yeah, I'm tired already just thinking about it. So that, that whole paradigm is one in which we have created a, a power struggle, actually. When we're trying to create uh, something really good and worthy on the earth, we've actually created a power struggle within ourselves, between ourselves ourselves or how we see ourselves and the divine self which is how we really are. So that power struggle is one in which we're we're like okay who's going to win here is it the part of me that believes it's separate from the divine or is it the divine the divine self within me. Um and that that power struggle keeps us stuck in an exhausting uh place in which we we, uh, we've we decided, we've des- designed a plan for our lives, and we have, in much the same way that we've decided who God is and what that means and what the divine means, we have decided on a plan for our lives, and we have decided that this is the way it ought to be, and we've got the right intention, and we've got the right motivation, and we're going to make it happen. Ergo, we only manifest the same old thing we always have. So, in, in, in that sense, then, what we need to talk about is how do we get out of the way and are we willing to get out of the way to allow the divine self to manifest. So, we'll be back in just a bit, few minutes to talk about that.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel
1: Many of us make choices in our lives based on how others react. But what should really matter is making our life choices based on what we intuitively feel. By tuning in to The Mystic and the Mystery with Inspired Intuition hosts Beth Poroschek and Christine McIver, you'll receive the tools and inspiration you need to do just that. Your fears do not have to drive you, and you are naturally intuitive, creative, and whole. By believing in yourself, you can live the life you've been longing for. Listen for The Mystic and the Mystery every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
0: Did you know that people are healed by the power of Christ in this day and age? The Christ is here and now, a very present help in trouble. Whether it be sin, disease, relationship, or other problems, these issues are healed through the application of God's law. As understood in Christian Science, as it says in Matthew 19:26, with God, all things are possible. Listen for walk. Join host Patty Compton Christopher every Thursday at noon Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Central Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Learn how understanding God and Scripture can improve your life. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel, be extraordinary, be the change.
2: And we're back talking today about manifestation and what that really means. The Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. You may wonder what the terms holistic theology mean. Well, theology is the study of the divine, and holistic theology is a holistic study of the divine that includes all religions and even transcends religion to get to the mystical core of them all. The American Institute of Holistic Theology offers doctorate, master's, and ministerial bachelor's degrees, chaplaincy programs and with internship, NBCC-approved continuing education, and a brand-new Ph.D. program in holistic theology. AIHT's programs include degrees in the following, holistic theology, offering as terminal degrees both a THD and a PHD, holistic ministries, holistic health and spiritual care, metaphysical spirituality, and alternative spiritual traditions, which includes an in-depth study of the paranormal. Using a home study model for distance learning, the student of AIHT gets a thorough education in the field that fulfills and offers a chance to authenticate a unique gift for the world. This is not just another spiritual diploma mill. AIHT is a real educational program where you will get a real learning experience and a broad spectrum of educational endeavors, utilizing as your text-writing teachers, spiritual experts from all over the world. Want to know more? Go to www.aiht.edu or contact Admissions Director Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. Are you willing to invest a $250 down payment and pay $150 a month toward manifesting your dreams? Your dream is our mission. Pick up the phone right now and call 800-650-4325 to learn how you can make your dreams for a career in which you utilize your own unique spiritual gift starts coming true. So we're talking today about manifestation. What? what it means, what it doesn't mean, how it works, and how it doesn't work. And what we said before the break was that we were going to talk about uh, how we begin to get ourselves out of the way. What we said in the first segment of the show is that we – uh, are in the way, basically, and that we are striving to push ourselves to get somewhere by controlling our thoughts and controlling our emotions and controlling our behavior and pushing ourselves to accomplish this goal we have in our minds and telling ourselves that this is how manifestation works. And that basically is, is uh, founded on the prim- premise that we can't trust what's inside of us. If we let go and actually surrender and uh, be with what's inside of us, we might find some really dark stuff in there, really bad stuff, really sabotaging stuff, and we don't want that. So why would we surrender? Why would we stop striving? But what people generally find is just the opposite. When they cease striving, they come to know that they are God. I believe that's what that statement means. Cease striving to know that I am God means cease striving to know that I am God. You are God. Um, and God is a definition that uh, ranges a gamut uh, based upon image, based upon an image we have in our heads. So you know, I think that one of the distinctions I make between religion and spirituality is religion tries to define God and spirituality allows God to define itself. Um, so when we're sitting in the silence that happens, when we say to ourselves, okay, I'm going to just be here for a little bit. What we tend to believe is that what comes up in that silence, thoughts, feelings, memories, associations, Sensations, all kinds of things sort of pop into us. And when we feel that, when we become empty for a minute, we just kind of zoom into another space. What we've been taught is that that means that we've stopped meditating. But actually, what we've done is give room for what is in us to come forward so that we can see it, watch it, hear it, um, pay attention to it, observe it. And some of what comes up is, oh, I forgot to, you know, do so-and-so for work yesterday. I've got to do that today. Some of what comes up is uh, is worry about whatever, health, finances, relationships, etc. Some of what comes up is a bodily sensation of some kind of pain or some kind of um, sleepiness or something else. Um, some of what comes up is uh, a sensation of stillness. So we can, what we can do when any of that and all of that happens is recognize that we have created a space to listen to everything inside of us. We can listen to the part of us that believes it's separate from the divine. And we can listen to the part of us that believes it's one with the divine. Listening is not going to hurt us. But we've been, we've been sort of, uh, intimated, intimidated into believing that what, what comes up inside of us is bad. We have an archetypal belief that we are living, all of us, in original sin, and uh, we carry. Most of us in the Western world carry that to some degree or another, and that that unconscious belief. Even if we've told ourselves in our conscious world that that's not true, unconsciously there's still something in there that says we're we're sinful people and we're not good. And so, if I let go and and just let let be whatever is in there, then I'm going to find out how really rotten to the core I am. Uh, and so we don't want to do that. We don't want to go there. Um, and so we resist. When it start, when we start sort of letting ourselves relax and going into that place where we can see and hear what is in us, we put up a barrier. We throw out something that says, oh, I'd rather think about that. And even yet even that, When we have opened a space for grace, even that thought, that emotion, that sensation is a gift to be explored. In fact, everything is a gift to be explored. Everything that comes up is a gift to be explored. Fear, anger, sorrow, uh, joy, peace, happiness, contentment. Um, thankfulness, gratitude, all anything that comes up is a gift to be ex- opened and explored, because each one of e- everything that comes up has a message for us from the divine self. Because there is nothing in us that is not founded in divine self. Nothing in us is not founded in the divine self. So, uh, if we go. If we look at a message, for example, if if we have a message in us that says I'm really angry about so-and-so, that so-and-so did something to me yesterday and I'm still really angry about it. And that comes up and we start trying to rehearse in our minds what we're going to say to him next time we get a chance to grab him alone in the hallway. Boy, we're going to tell him off. And we we go with that for a minute and we listen to it and we say, okay, all right. That's what I want to say to him. Why do I want to say that to him? What is it in me that needs to say that to him? And we might get all kinds of information about what's really going on inside of us, that we have a baseline need to defend ourselves against other people because maybe when we were growing up, our siblings were super competitive and we felt stupid a lot. I'm making this up as I go. But the point is that the that. There is something in there that needs resolve. And if we just say, well, I can't feel that angry feeling right now, and we push it away, what we're doing is we're uh, we're not making room for the gift. We're not making room for the gift. And the gift is that from which we will manifest. If we have... If we ha- if we get an understanding that something back in our background has taught us to believe that we're somehow less than, and that s- people can come along and remind us of that, and they trigger that less than feeling, and then we really want to get in their faces and tell them that no, we're not less than, we're more than. And watch this um, when we d- when we do that, what we're what we're saying is I believe that I am separate from the divine, and there is no message here. Because this angry feeling that I've got is separate from the divine and it can't give me anything positive. And that, unfortunately, is the doublespeak we've gotten from a lot of the human potential movement. That there are pieces of us that aren't good and we need to get rid of them. And uh, that's not really true. There are no pieces of us that aren't good. There is no lower self and no higher self. There's only divine self, and we just have to see it, And because under every everything in us is a message from the divine. So if I learn that I've got that less than feeling, then I can go, oh, okay, well, that's where that came from. I know now where that came from, and now I can surrender that to the divine in me and say, okay, here, I'm going to give that to you and let you transform it in any way you want. And, and what we typically think at that point, moment is we're supposed to get immediate results. We're supposed to get, okay, now I feel peaceful and kind and loving toward this man the, the, who put me down yesterday, and I will not have those feelings anymore. And rather, what we get is a slow, steady evolution that sort of evolves with more and more information. And every time that anger comes up again, we get another opportunity to see the gift beneath it and to evolve slowly. Uh, but in our fast-paced world where you can click a button and get information from around the world, uh, we tend to believe that we're supposed to get immediate results. In the old days, before the internet, before telephones, before instant communication, we didn't have that same belief. We, we, we knew that it might take time for things to evolve. But now we think it takes, it's split second. I'm supposed to have immediate results. And when we don't, we feel that we've failed. But here's the thing. When I'm transforming myself by the power of the divine within me, I am manifesting. As I am evolving, I am manifesting. As I change what is in me by the power of the divine in me, I am manifesting slowly over time. Now, here's the thing about time. It's not only not relative. It's not only relative, but it is non-existent. Time does not really exist, and yet many of us, yours truly included, have spent large portions of time chasing time, racing time, trying to outwit, outsmart, outdo time, uh, trying to get it all done yesterday, uh, trying to do six minutes of stuff in one minute's time, trying to uh, to To be everywhere all at once. And wondering why we always feel so rushed and stressed and worried about whether or not time is going to outrun us. Here's the thing. Everything. Everything is actually divine time. Everything is divine time and divine timing. So that when we notice that synchronicity occurs, like, you know, you've been thinking about someone and they call or or synchronistically you see something and then somebody else brings you something that's relative to what you just saw and now you can solve a problem that you couldn't have saw solved had you not seen that first something. Um, you, we are constantly uh, in divine time. We just don't know it. And so what what really manifestation is really all about is turning around and seeing, what we have previously refused to see. So that we begin to see that everything is divine time. Everything has a message from the divine in it. Everything is divine. And as we begin to see that, we begin to be able to surrender to it. And we're going to talk a lot more about that surrendering process in the, right after the break, which is just in a few minutes, um, uh, what that means to surrender. What does surrender really mean? What it doesn't mean is that we've lost the battle Um, because the divine that is your divine self, the divine that is you, the essence of who you actually are, that is grace, that is soul, that is your authentic self, that divine wants for you what will make you absolutely deliciously, deliriously happy and joyful and peaceful. We don't believe that. Because we believe that we're separate from the divine and that we are, at our core, sinful people, bad people, who are striving really hard to be good. And that our worth is based on how how hard we strive. And unless we're really striving, we will be overcome by those dark urges within us. That's our belief system in the Western world and in parts of the Eastern world as well. So we... we so facilitating from within something that we find to be good is not something we really think is possible. And so we have to do the same thing. We have to strive and work and push and shove and get our heads in the right place and get our get our hearts in the right place and get our bodies in the right position. And then maybe we can manifest something really good. But it's all contrived. It's all contrived. It's not initiated by divine source. It's not initiated by the Father, which is divine source. It is initiated by that part of us that believes itself separate from the divine. One of the things that, another thing that Jesus said, again, Jesus not being considered to be the the one and only Son of God, but a master teacher who taught very similarly to what the Buddha taught and the Bhagavad Gita teaches and the sutras and many of the other sacred texts of the world teach which is that we are all divine beings and that we've we've lost touch with that. He said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. But then he went on to say that your salt has become trampled under feet, foot and your light has been hidden under a bushel. I translate that to mean that We already are the salt of the earth. He didn't say you're going to be the salt of the earth. You might be one day if you can get your act together. He said you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And he was saying this to the public, not his disciples. So, if that's true, if we already are the salt of the earth and and we are the light of the world, then we need to stop walking on our salt and we need to... Mm -hmm. Take the bushel or the peck or the whatever off of our lights so that we can just see. What that says essentially is we are divine beings. We just don't see it. Why? Because we live in a duality trance state. Duality trance state says that we are bad. God is good. We can not we, we can fail. God cannot. But we have to get in touch with the divine. And the divine is not always accessible because he's so far away. He "Quote unquote, he is always so far away, and we can't find him, and we can't get to him because we're separate from him." Okay, so we, the first thing is to to begin the process of allowing ourselves to experience divine self through some meditation. And meditation is a very effective way of doing that. Prayer is also another effective way of doing that. Although prayer can take many forms, um, it doesn't have to be talking. It doesn't have to be uh, kneeling or holding your hands a certain way or anything like that. Prayer can be a thought. Prayer can be an emotion. Prayer can be a way of living. Um, so prayer is a multitudinous way of accessing the divine within us. So on the, right after the break now, we're going to take a break in just a few seconds. And right after this break, we're going to talk about how it is that we begin the process of surrendering to divine self within us. So stay tuned for more. We'll be back right after the break.
0: This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
1: Are you feeling out of control? Are bad relationships, anger, depression, and lifestyle overwhelming you? You can choose to release the belief systems that have kept women stuck for years. Tune in to the power of an unstoppable woman with Dr. Rose Backman as your host. Break free from the genetic beliefs that can cause sabotage. It's time to stand up for who you are and what you believe in, no matter what. Listen every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, Noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
0: 2012 is not to be viewed as a year of doom and gloom. It's merely the beginning of the rest of your life. Our planet is getting ready for this macro shift, and to be fully prepared, you need to make some changes to restore the balance in life. Tune in to Create Your Best Life Ever. What else is possible? With your host, Allison J.K. Every program has a unique roster of guests, healings, and your contributions to help you master this shift through holistic living. Be sure to listen every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Tune in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. Our program will help you to heal yourself, Support those around you and enhance your work and your relationships. Healing can be physical, emotional, or spiritual, and it can be personal or collective for the healing of our planet. Dr. Allison and her guests will offer methods of healing that will go beyond your life and reach the lives of others. Tune in to the Empowered Healer Show, airing live every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
1: You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
2: And we're back talking today about manifestation and what it means and who within us is actually manifesting. But before we talk any more about that, I need to introduce you to another sponsor, If you're interested in attending a live over-the-phone or Internet course, IONS, the Institute of Noetic Sciences, wants you to join them next Wednesday, January the 23rd, when they're going to begin a new 6 weeks course that you might find very interesting. Death Makes Life Possible, Mapping Worldview of the Afterlife is based on amazing interviews gathered over 10 years for research project, upcoming book, and documentary film. Everyone has experienced the loss of a loved one, family member, friend, or pet. It's part of the living. But how does understanding death inform how we live our lives? Anthropologist, author, and educator Marilyn Schlitz, Ph.D., guides participants through a six-week transformational learning program that provides practical tools to work with grief, examines cultural practices and beliefs, as well as explores the scientific evidence for the continuation of consciousness after bodily death. Understanding our fears can help us overcome them. You can take this course over the phone, on the Internet, and in your pajamas. Continuing education credits are available for healthcare care providers, and they're going to have a special breakout session specifically to address the concerns of end-of-life caregivers. If you want more information about this six-week course, listen carefully. I'm about to give you the link. It's HTTP colon uh, double slash www.noetic.org slash education slash telecourse slash dmlp dash course. That's it. So if you want to go there, click that link and uh, learn more about this program that's coming up January the 23rd. And as I said today, we're talking about manifestation and what it really means, what it doesn't mean, who within us is manifesting. And that is the ultimate in terms of how to manifest. So, surrender. Let's talk about surrender. We said in the first uh, segment that we are doing a lot of striving um, and it is actually keeping us from manifesting. In the second segment, we talked about our beliefs about separation from the divine and how those beliefs Keep us from actually surrendering because we're afraid that if we surrender, we're either going to be bad or that the divine is going to want something that we don't want. Um, And we said that none of those things are true and that everything within us is coming from the divine and has a divine base and that we can find that if we look for it. So now we need to talk about surrender. Um, What we originally think of with that word surrender is that that some war has just been lost and we're uh, having to wave a white flag and go go chagrined into the dark of night to be faced with somebody who will laugh at us for having lost the war. Uh, That's not at all what it means. What it it really does mean is to acknowledge the fact that we are not separate from the divine. Uh, It means to really acknowledge that on the deepest level we can get to to really begin to uh, see ourselves as divine beings who are the observers of our lives, who are active participants in our lives, um, and who who are um, energetically and powerfully as potent as any notion we have of the divine. Except those, of course, that aren't really true. <laughs> and those are the ones we tend to think about When we think in terms of the divine, we think of our notions of the divine that aren't really true. Those being that we are separate from the divine. The divine is good and all-powerful and we are not good and we are little shrimpy beings who have no power. Um, Those are not true thoughts. Those are not true ideas. But we have to get to that place. So, okay, how do we begin to get to a place where we can say, okay, I'm going to turn this over. We say it all the time. I've heard people from all kinds of faiths say, oh, "I'm turning this over." What they mean is I'm I'm going to I'm going to try really really hard to let go of this thing and I'm not I'm going to just leave it to fate as to what's going to happen or in some cases I'm going to leave it to the divine to see what's going to happen. What I want to say is that the minute we have actually allowed ourselves the consideration that it already is owned by the divine, then we begin to settle into that fact. The part of us that believes it's separate from the divine begins to settle into the fact that it already is divine. One of the things in, in Psalms that I love in the in the, uh, Tarot of the Hebrew Bible and the uh, Old Testament of the, of the Christian Bible is a passage in Psalms that says, "...the cattle on a thousand hills are mine." Basically, that means that everything belongs to the divine, including us, including our inner world, including our thoughts, including our emotions, including the cells and the quarks beneath the cells of our bodies. Everything about us is already belonging to the divine. It is not only owned by the divine, but it is divine. And uh, so, when we surrender, what we're doing is realizing that fact and just... Okay, that's already divine, so I can trust that it's going to be taken care of in whatever way the divine designs. That's when our fear comes back up again, and it says, Oh my God, Well, what if the divine design is different from my design? I want what I want when I want it, and the divine might not want what I want. That's not good. And that is where we get to the place of, of, of recognizing an ordinary life, to be able to say, Okay, what is right now, is acceptable. Because you see, a lot of our intentions about manifestation are based on the premise that what is, is not acceptable. Manifestation is based on the idea that this that I've got right now is not good enough and I need to get something better. And now, here's what I'm not saying. I want to be really clear about this. I'm not saying that we shouldn't make decisions to change our lives when we're unhappy. I'm not saying that. We absolutely should be making decisions to change our lives where we're happy. But the decider within us can, if we are willing to, it can come from the effortless effort of the divine within us. And yet, what I'm going to say here is that nothing we decide is going to be wrong. (laughs) There is no wrong. There is only divine energy. So if I decide to go down a particular path, And later I decide that, you know, I want to change that now. That doesn't mean the first path was wrong. What it means is, okay, I I experimented with that, and it turned out this way, and I learned this from that, and now I'm ready to do this. That is not how we think. We think in terms of wrong and right. Oh, my God, I made a mistake. Oh, what am I going to do now? I just feel really bad about wasting all that time on that mistake. No, there are no mistakes. Everything is divine energy. So when, when it comes to, uh, the process of acceptance, then we go, okay, what I have right now, everything that I have in my world right this minute is good enough. I might want to change it, but it's good enough. It doesn't, ha- it doesn't, I don't have to, um, tell myself that this is an unworthy place and I've got to get to a place that's worthy. I might say to myself, yeah, I accept this as it is, and I accept the fact that I also want to change it. That's that's something we can do. But to to say to ourselves that we are that what is right now in the present reality is not good enough is to not be able to surrender. Surrender is about saying, Here I am, just as I am, here I am. Not as a servant. That notion that we are servants of the divine is also faulty. <laughs> uh, you know, t- we talk about that all the time. We're servants of the divine. We're serving, we're serving, we're serving. No, we are being. And what service happens is initiated by the divine within us. We're living our lives in whatever compassion and motivation and passion we have uh, and Hopefully that's all coming from the authentic self and instead of a role or mask and costume. And when it does, it manifests as real compassion and real genuine passion and things begin to shift and change for other people. Um, that doesn't mean that we're served, we in our separateness from the divine serve those people. It means that we are one. And that what I have to give is given as a, as kind of an osmosis. I come through your filters to give you who I am. And who I am is good enough, just as I am. So that, that is a very different notion from the one that's out there so prominently right now that we've got to split ourselves off from the part of us that's bad and try to be a higher self. And, and when we are a higher self and we're more loving, and we have more to give, and we have yada, 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 um, really that just splits us all further. What surrender is, is the surrender to what is, which means I do have a part of me that lives dualistically and believes itself separate from the divine, and it does have a force. And I do have a part of me that knows it is divine and recognizes that and can love and nurture that other part of me. Um, That is surrender. It isn't surrender to say, I'm going to live in my higher self and never have to deal with that other lower self again because she's bad. Um, So surrender has to do with acknowledging the reality of who we are, where we are in this moment right now. And there is great peace in that, great peace in that kind of acceptance that says, I, I, I'm, I'm here being exactly who I am. I, I am here on planet Earth where we live in a duality trance state, and I'm also a divine being. I'm both as one. There is no separation between those two parts of me. And I don't have to further separate them by lining up against one in favor of the other, by going to war. By striving against one in favor of the other. I just need to be with it. Be with it as it is. And realize that the divine within me has its own timing. And once I once I realize that everything actually is divine in space, then that part of me that sees, sees itself as uh, dual, separate from the divine, can't feel that separation. If only for a minuscule second. That second allows that part of me to recognize itself as one with the divine. And in that recognition, we are surrendered. Surrender is acknowledgement of who we are, where we are, and accepting that as it is right here, right now. In such acceptance, we find that the divine self begins to take over. It has a will. It has a power. We tend to believe that it's rather inept, and only we have the will and the power while we're saying to ourselves, we have no power. <laughs> we're very split up, aren't we? So I guess today the final thing I want to say is that we—that manifestation has to do with the source manifesting through us as us, not through our own efforts, not through our own split off dualistic efforts. Okay, so that's it for today. Next week, I said we're talking to Jeff Foster about his book, Deepest Acceptance, Radical Awakening to Ordinary Life. It's going to be a very interesting discussion. Be there for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself.